episode 41 of the Metro Fan TV rundown coming to you live after Gerhard Struber's historic first win as Red Bull New York manager. We're here to, we're here to break down everything that transpired over the last two weeks in the Red Bull soccer world, as always. Well, maybe not always because we missed last week's episode, <laughs> but nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, the usual suspects are back at it again. We haven't gone away this time, folks. Juan Fernando joining me today on the podcast today. How are you guys on this beautiful Hi. Friday evening? Tired. Very sleepy. <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm on, my, I'm on my sixth cup of coffee. Oh, boy. Now this is my second. I was going to say, like, a, like a sixth cup of coffee would have probably been better off, like, just... Combining like Red Bull, Monster, Rockstar, and an espresso, all in one, and just downing that like in one go. I'm not sure if that's illegal because that sounds like OG Four Loco vibes. So I don't know. <laughs> that's that. Uh, what's it called? That Buckfast. You know what Buckfast is? It's like a fortified wine from uh, the UK, but it's caffeinated, so it's like ancient Four Loco. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, it's like, um, it's it's made by these monks in some castle in the UK. But yeah, it's uh, my, my my favorite. I think there was a, I think it was a Scot like when Scotland qualified for the for the Euros or whatever. Most recently, I saw their dudes like sell their Scottish dudes celebrating, and there was a young man holding a bottle of Buckfast, and I'm like, oh no, someone check to make sure he is alive in the morning. <laughs> It's not. It's is it is it related to Malort in any shape or form? Is it? Like I don't think herbal? so. Malort is probably more uh, Germanic in in origin. Well, either way, it sounds extremely fucked up. You know, I mean, like uh, any no. any time you invoke uh, anything Anglo-Saxon, I think you've lost the game. To be completely honest with you, you um, know what's <laughs> fucked up too? When you make a nice cup of coffee and you have a nice pastry. And you just completely forget about the pastry, and on your last sip of the coffee, you remember you had the pastry. Oh man, that's fucked up. Man. I'm oh, yeah. distraught right now. <laughs> I, uh, like, I think the only thing that can make it worse is when you bite into the pastry and you realize it's like one of those stale ass donuts that have been like uh, <laughs> sitting out the whole day. So, like, it's like a really crusty but like hard on the inside, and every bite is full of oil. Yeah, that's no fun. That's no fun. You know who has never let me down? Our corporate sponsors, Quick Check. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Their cookies are so good, man. Like, I seriously missed the fuck out of them. But anyway. Um, okay. Speaking of Malort, I guess, let's talk about the Chicago Fire and specifically on the pantsing, the second half pantsing of the Chicago Fire. You know, I think um, definitely um an improvement i would say over what we saw in la i think uh and it was good to see the team i think put together a 90 minute performance where stupid individual mistakes didn't cost us for once right i think uh the the, the general sentiment over the last couple of weeks has been like this team's done enough to basically win games it's just been these mistakes that have sunk us and you know like uh, for the most part a very professional, competent 90-minute performance. I mean, the first half was absolute garbage. Don't get me wrong. But that second half, 
that was the good shit, wasn't it, gents? <laughs> like, <laughs> great, great to see, um, especially that last 20 minutes when all the subs came on and just started playing like a half court possession drills. Like, oh, that man. was pretty, pretty wild to see. Eh? I mean, like, it, it's been a while, I think, since we've seen just an absolute, like, um, creaming of a much weaker team than what we saw in those last 20 minutes. So I guess we'll base discussion on that um, improvements that we saw from the LA galaxy game where we got sunk by like literally the most Chicharito hat trick of all time. Oh my God. Like it couldn't have, it honestly could not have gotten more Chicharito esque, right? Like three tappings from (laughs) the stupidest. It was stupid. Yeah, <laughs> that was on some bullshit, dude. Like, that was like a peak football manager game, dude. Like, when the RNG just decides, actually, you lose now. That's basically what it was. <laughs> and it's like, it's, we didn't even get blown out. It was 3-2, the scoreline. It's just like, every game against the Galaxy is like this. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know when was the last time we had a normal game against them. Like, things just happened. It wasn't just stupid. Just dumb shit the whole fucking time. Right. At least, like, in the past, the dumb shit would kind of go our way. So I suppose right, yeah. that this was kind of like a makeup call, right? Like, the balance of the universe being restored, unfortunately, by a Chicharito hat trick. Uh, I, maybe maybe we're on the lighter timeline again, but I think, it, if anything, it's an affirmation that we're on the darkest one. So that being said, um, some stuff I witnessed, right? I think you saw some really nice bounce-back performances uh, on the... Um, defensive side i think against chicago i think especially aaron long right i think after his uh, big boo-boo to uh concede that third goal off that hash clearance against la going up against another opportunistic target man no sorry not target man another opportunistic poacher like striker in robert barich and having a very good physical deal of him where he mostly shackled the slovenian right i think um you know i think uh, as far as um, this game is concerned. I think it's going to be less about the storyline for this is going to be less about our ability to score as much as it was our ability to just cut out these silly individual errors, right? <clears throat> I think for the most part, um, probably the most cohesive we've seen the back line over a 90 minute period. Uh, really limited Chicago to very scattered opportunities here and there. I mean, like their best clear-cut opportunity i think the whole game was a bicycle kick from outside the area <laughs> so at any yeah. time that you get to say that i mean like i think you've generally done a good job you know and i think um on i mean let's go if you go across the line i mean andrew gutman putting in yet, yet another you know solid performance uh kyle duncan contributing to the second goal with that interception high up the field you know, I think, um, and Sean Nealis, like, you know, I think uh, for all intents and purposes, kind of showing, I think, why Struber has decided to go with him as long center back partner to start the season. You know, and wouldn't say it's, uh, you know, he did anything to really stand out, but definitely one of those, like, quiet, solid performances where, you know, you, it's that's the kind of defined by the lack of mistakes or the lack of errors kind of growing into his own as a player, I think in his third year, third year, right? I think already in MLS because he was drafted in 2019. Yeah. yeah wow. Yep. Shit. Yeah. Jesus. Time. 
Time is unforgiving, folks. What the <laughs> fuck? Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think for me the most clear thing, the biggest thing was this. I feel like it was the first time they contr- they truly controlled the game. Like it's one thing playing well and 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 you know having good moments and you know just just should have a good a good performance and just actually controlling the game you know and even going for a little further back from from uh the galaxy even against kansas city where you know we had that one really good half even in that good half i feel like they didn't control it you know it was you could you could feel and sense and see uh kansas city like slowly kind of just being okay with the pressure you know they they were never frazzled they, they were never unsettled they were just getting battered but they're like okay we're just going to keep on taking this and and you know seeing things out and, and eventually you know they, things turn around for them uh, this game i felt like you know even even in that, that that first half where we weren't that great we didn't look bad and and we didn't look frazzled we didn't look shaken up or frustrated or anything like that like you could tell you i got a sense that they were figuring things out as it was going along and they were finding ways to slowly, you know, take control of the game. And then the second half happened and yeah, they just, yeah, they, 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 they controlled the game. And I, that I feel like that's what I've been waiting to see really so far is how would this team look when they, when they looked comfortable and when they were able to control things. And, and I feel like when, when you're able to con- truly control a game and, and just be settled and, and just, even if even if you're in a, in a tough moment or a tough spot, whatever, just accepting it and figuring things out. That's that's how you're able to not make stupid mistakes. When you're when you're shaken, when you're frazzled, when you're unsettled, and, and you don't really have a hold of of things, that's when those stupid mistakes happen. You know, like the like the the, the first two games, and unfortunately, you know, we, we dropped very winnable points in those games. So, I that the 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 locker video was interesting because I feel like you almost get a sense of like it was a big sigh of relief, not only because they finally got a, a win, but you can almost, you almost get a sense that like, they're like, yes. Okay. I see where Schruber's trying to go with, with, with all this. I understand what, what he's trying to do. And you, you can almost get a, like a sense of that win bought them in more. You know what I mean? Like you, you it was, they, they seem confident and like the best way the best way to, to really, I guess, compare it is to 2018, where a lot of those, uh, those, those, you know, post game videos, whatever, you saw such a, a truly, genuinely like excited locker room, and you could see and you could feel that the guys were were, were little by little buying in, and that was the first time I felt like I, I felt, you know, seeing that in one of the videos really since 2018. I never felt that at all in any video uh, uh, since Chris, Ar- you know, uh, during a Chris Armas tenure, so. To me, that's a good sign. I, I'm really hoping that, that that win is is a big turning point, not just because it's a win, but because what they were able to do on the field, how how they were able to kind of get in control things and and you know, again, get almost get a sense of like them buying in more with with with, with what they're trying to do. And you know, hopefully we see we start seeing some better results. Yeah, the more I think about this particular win, like this is the exact win we needed to have. Because remember, like this team hasn't had a proper preseason in the typical sense of the word. So we've seen three games so far, two losses and a win, but both losses we were seeing the team 
coming together. We're seeing like, okay, we're trying to we're trying to figure things out. Uh, we can see the plan coming together here. And while we didn't blow the doors off uh, of Chicago in this particular game, uh, it didn't feel it like it didn't feel like uh, uh, we were lost. Like we like we said, like those last twenty minutes were so great, just like grinding them into dust uh, with our substitutions. Um, like the sec, like the second game against LA, it was like it had that preseason feel where like Struber's trying to like tinker with the formation, where which is why we like we go with the three center backs and Aaron Long kind of not being the center center back, and I think the point with that was to help uh below because oftentimes if you watch the game, it was Long was not exactly playing as a center back; he was more playing as like a right back, kind of behind Kyle, du- uh, not Kyle Duncan, um, Flo Velo. Uh, which kind of pulled him away from what we imagined his ideal position when would be would be as that center center back, um, but this game for uh, four man back line we're seeing him a little more involved, uh, more involved in like a one uh, one on one duel with a striker, and uh, it was <laughs> just personally it was nice to see Omir on the field. Uh, my favorite bits of Omir is when we're kind of cruising in a game and Omir is just brought in uh, to wreak havoc on guys. Uh, much like the uh, the game against uh, the Magic Triforce game where uh, against RSL, where both uh, where all uh, the, the most three recent uh, RBNY managers were present at Red Bull Arena. Yeah, you know, I think um, uh, for the, for the second half, half in particular, right? I think uh, you have a it was a nice concurrence of a bunch of storylines that we saw, right? I think it's first uh, Struber's uh, ability to kind of adjust mid game according to uh, how the game has been transpiring, which I think has been one of his fi- better tactical uh, moments. I think um, so far this season, right? I think his quickness and decisiveness in trying to make changes to his formation or personnel when things aren't quite working out as they should, you know, and I think um, that was definitely heralded by, um, you know, um, the introduction of Drew Yearwood, which I think we'll get into in a bit more detail later. But also, I think to Fernando's point about like the energy in the locker room, right? I think uh, going back to the all access um, that was released earlier this week when Schubert is giving his halftime talk and he's basically like just yelling at guys, you know, win all your duels, right? telling Fabio to win all his headers, telling him to be combative and like bring the rest of the team in if there's a, by doing the dirty work up front. And you could see that like pay off like almost immediate dividends, right? Almost like uh, when the uh, second half whistle blew, when Fabio like won that massive, won that deal with the, I think it was Johan Kappelhoff, right? I think in the Chicago yep. back line. Correct. Uh, pulling him out wide and then sending that, um, threw ball back in to a trailing Christian Caceres Jr. for the opener. You know, I think that was probably the thing so far this season that highlights, I think, how the strikers will be operating in Struber's system, right? Them operating as these wide players pulling opposition center backs out wide to open space in the center and then sending it back into the middle for the uh, attacking midfielders streaking in to cover up that space. So... In that sense, you know, I think, um, like I said, like I think getting, like, Fabio's play in the second half kind of exemplifies, um, I think, potentially that some players are starting to kind of get their role, starting to get stuck into it a little bit more. 
and starting to gain some confidence in how they want to execute, right? I think big Fabio, big ups for two assists this game. As a result of that, in that second half, he won all his first deals. He won all his first headings, to use Trooper's words. Um, <laughs> and for the most part, you know, I think um, promising display from the Brazilian. But also, I think uh, when it comes to talking about the effect that Schubert has had on guys, right? I mean, like, let's talk about Sean Davis. You know, I mean, this has been a guy for the last couple of years under Chris Harmus looking kind of lost, looking like he's kind of been unable to, look, looking like he potentially wouldn't be able to make the cut. People are even saying he might be traded at the start of the year, and now just look at him, right? Like, you talk about his stock being absolutely resurrected. Like, my goodness, like, look at, look at, look at what's going on with Sean Davis, right? You know, I think... um I was initially quite a bit, you know, obviously a bit upset that Diara was injured again. But, you know, the way that he's played, I think, since in that sixth role with the Caceres and Clark supporting him as a shuttlers, like, you know, he looks completely revitalized. You know, I, can't, I sincerely can't remember the last time I've seen Sean, like, driving play from the back, playing such an active role in uh, recycling possession. And basically doing a great job, like acting as the team's safety valve in the attacking third, right? Always getting on the ball, always moving it on, always making the right decisions to move and pass in space. You know, and I think it's it, it's really weird to say because I think uh, historically one of his biggest knacks has been his lo- has been a complete lack of engine. But I do think like he's one of the only guys to have like played the full ninety this season. And has looked really active doing so. Like I think, just just I think he's basically this. I think a sort of a canary in the coal mine kind of thing about um, the quality of management. I would say, and the fact that all of a sudden now under Schubert, like you're getting so much out of him, right? Despite being considered, I think a, you know a bit more of a role player in previous iterations of the team. Now you're starting to see him come to life again, right? Because he's got a direction. He's got a role. And he understands like how he's supposed to be, and he's being deployed correctly. I would say, you know, I think absolutely. Yeah, day. yeah. No, it's it's it's. Davis, it's, Davis has so far in, in three games probably been one of the most interesting players to to kind of track and keep an eye on because very early on, I remember just being kind of horrified, like, oh god, he's playing deep again. Like, no, Davis cannot do that. He can't cover ground and. All this stuff really just based on, you know, kind of seeing how things played out in the last, you know, two seasons or so. And even with, with, with the caveat of, you know, Chris Armas, still like you just, he just didn't look like he was physically capable of, of, of doing certain things, you know, and, and, uh, you know, play a little, little deeper. Um, and here comes Sean Davis this year. Every single game, he's like, been number two in the league for most most ground covered. Um, we're talking like Tyler Adams type of ground covered. I, I've actually looked back on a couple of tweets from from 2018, and, and Adams was covering uh, about 12 and some change kilometers a game. That's Sean Davis has covered 12 kilometers plus every single game so far. That's that's about eight, eight and a half miles or something like that. That is an insane amount of ground to cover, and I did not think Sean Davis was capable of that. But to your point about management, I mean, it, it shows what kind of player he's capable of being, even in a position that, I mean, everyone, even I've been a big supporter of Sean Davis for a while. Even I was kind of like, no, this just, he can't possibly do this. 
he's proving everyone wrong. He's actually done pretty well, and I feel like he's looking more and more comfortable. The more clear his role is becoming, and and the more clear everyone's role around is becoming. It's 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 really just it's showing that you know, uh, one he's shown that he's, he's probably been the most undervalued player on the roster for quite some time now because he was pretty important in 2018 too. And I don't think he ever really got that much credit. Um, and, and now seeing him, you know, almost have him almost a little bit of a resurgence now, given a lot of the takes that people have had uh, uh, coming into the season. Um, it's, it's great. And yeah, it, it really shows what happens when you have an actual proper manager leading the team with, with tactical nuances and, and, you know, having very clear defined roles and, you know, having a team that that seems to definitely fit. Um, I was definitely worried that losing Diara was going to be like, ah, oh, fuck, here we go again. But it's actually kind of it's a good feeling knowing that so far, at least he can he can he can kind of cover a lot of different roles in a diamond. And, and he's done pretty well. We don't really have to worry too much about whenever Diara comes back and knowing that he is there for when he does return, having that type of player as long as he stays healthy next time, whenever he comes, you know, kind of just uh, uh, in the back pocket. Um, yeah, it, it's awesome. It, I'm, I'm very, very, very happy and pleased with Sean Davis. And I'm, I'm so happy to see him have uh, yeah, a little bit of a pos- positive swing this year. And, you know, like, I, I really do wonder, you know, how much of it is really down to the fact that Schubert's system, like, places so much emphasis on condensing that center to the field, right? Yeah. So you don't really have one guy being pulled out of position wherever which away, like you saw under Armas, because the because the off-the-ball play was so non-existent, right? Like, like you compare how the, um, how the team tried to compress space under Chris Armas, right? These really static, bland flat lines that didn't really move anywhere right it was just literally just guys standing in a line at one mm-hmm. point and i don't think anyone who shoulders defensive responsibility in that system looks really good because there's no organization to it right there's no intricate movement there's no triggers to it was dictate. running it was yeah, just running. running yeah exactly like, just- i i truly 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 believe that chris arbus and 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 whatever you want to call it that he had the team doing was what some people think the team's tactics have been since 2015 because you you hear so many people even even certain people who shockingly covered this uh covered his team um with with with, uh, with their stuff will almost flat out say that like yeah it's just running just run 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 like chickens without a head and and they don't understand that you know when done right no there's there's triggers there's there's uh there's rest you know, rest phases, you know, there's, there's, there's so much tactical nuance to how they move. And I guess to be fair, to some extent, like you don't see a lot of it unless you're in person, like you don't see any player movement off the ball movement at all on TV. They just don't show it. And even in person, if you're only focusing on, you know, the play rest of ball, which eh, fair enough, most people really probably aren't, are only focused on that. But if you're there in person, you kind of look away from the ball and just see the movements of all the other players with Jesse and Alan where you can see things happen. Things start making sense with how certain movements are. With 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 Chris Armis, it really was just these like bland lines and and guys just running. And I think that's why so often guys were caught uh, were kind of caught alone, isolated, and and all this open space because there was no cohesion, there was no rhyme or reason to the running to the movement, and that created so many 
big pockets and that created so many more moments of now Davis having to emergency defend, which he he's, he can't do. I mean, he's he's not doing that now. He's they're all collectively being smart with how they're reading the game and how they're moving to close those spaces or preventing those spaces from even opening and and just being you know a tight cohesive unit. There's a real sense of relief. Uh, looking at like the post game footage of like of Sean Davis, uh, you can really get the sense of him really um, uh, finding his way as as the role of the captain of this team. Because uh, you could because last year wasn't great, and you could tell he was he was uh, trying his best to lead the team through this. Uh, and I'm happy that he's uh, he's he's got himself accustomed in this new system because I feel like he was. Uh, uh, he was out to lunch a bit after Armis's departure, but I see it, he's uh, the man is back. Yeah, you know, I think a nice little character moment right there. Uh, with both ch- getting the whole team to do the self ward salute after the win, because uh, I think a lot of new members of the team weren't really quite familiar with that. But also giving Gerhard the ball in the locker room for his first win, right? And finally, <laughs> after having spent most of the video, like, talking in really intense, like, platitudes and, like, demanding more from his players, we finally see him crack a smile, right? Like, <laughs> it was like a wave of relief, basically, in that locker room. I think that was the general vibe that I got from that footage. Really nice little character <laughs> why, arc. Why are you handing me the ball? We We are not playing inside <laughs> of this room. <laughs> you can imagine like he probably had like some kind of anime protagonist like a uh, monologue when he went home it's like i won i finally won <laughs> and then like <laughs> and then there's like has like a dream montage <laughs> i've worked so hard for this moment could it be that i finally understand cut to credits <laughs> <laughs> The Red Bull. We are Red Bull. I am a Red Bull. <laughs> I gotta say, like that line uh, today, we show everyone that we are bulls. I mean, like that was. Oh pretty... yeah. That, that, he is, that, he that is going generally... to say the Red Bull this season. He's going to say. <laughs> I like, unprompted too. Like it's not like Av is going to ask him to do it. He's just going to say, you know, we are the Red Bull, and then I'm going to, going to cry. get that. Twitter is going to fucking explode if that happens. <laughs> I'm going to call out at work and just fucking post memes all day if that happens. <laughs> as a, as a, this Twitter user, uh, Jersey Irock says, uh, we are the Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I realize it kind of made him sound kind of French there. I'm sorry. I'm not exactly a viewer from 202 level of uh, accents and bits here in this podcast. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry about Sorry about that, you guys. I uh, hope uh, I didn't offend anyone. We have one. our our ambition goals. <laughs> ambition goals, yeah. And uh, our our duels, our duels. Got to win all our duels now. Um. Yeah, you know, let's talk about duels, right? Like, like, um, I shouted out Fabio at the top of the episode, but you know, I think it'd be a good time to uh, reiterate, right? I think, um. That was another pretty interesting thing to see. You know, I think there were moments in the first half where he looked a bit lost. You know, I think was had problems kind of uh, having his impact felt in the game. But I think as the first half progressed, and definitely in the second half, you've started to see more of it, right? I think, um, 
you know, I think uh, I really wonder how much of it is going to boil down to getting the sorry no i wonder how much of getting the best out of fabio is going to boil down to him having like an actual strike partner <laughs> next to him and i think that this may be a bit unfair for me to say but you know i think um like patrick clamala is probably still i think at least a month away at this point like i have yeah. a really bad feeling we're not going to see him until june with how things are progressing and it's becoming a bit clear to me that Fabio is going to be a bit less Timo Werner and he's going to be a bit more Yurari Poulsen, if you kind of know what I mean, right? Like uh, acting as that focal point yep. in the attacking third with his hold-up play, his ability to win knock-on knock headers for uh, on-streaking attackers, but also pulling defenders out wide with his pace and his power, right? I think... Um, it's pretty interesting to see that despite being, I guess, branded as being this really fast behind the line striker, like uh, you're starting to see him play more as like a focal point in the attacking third. But of course, like I think, um, you know, I think um, for, for all intents and purposes, you know, I think uh, it kind of feels like it's something that's been necessitated, right? By, I think, um, the kind of, I wouldn't really say lackluster, but maybe ineffectual play of the two players that have been tried next to him so far in the system. I mean, you know, I think it's entirely possible that when Klimala comes here, that we'll be acting as like a sort of striker double pivot, maybe in the attacking third, where you have Klimala in the left-hand channel and Fabio in the right-hand channel, pulling attackers like out wide and opening space in the middle to add more fluidity to the uh, formation as a whole. But so far, I think, you know, I think why well, I, I feel like it hasn't really looked too cohesive in attack right now, because there's basically only one guy who's capable of pulling defenders like away in that sense. And it's Fabio, right? I mean, I think for what it's worth, I think Barlow has actually looked better next to Fabio than Brian White has. In theory, this may be a bit of a hot take, but, you know, I think you can see that Barlow is has that ability to kind of stretch the play with his pace and his height as well. It's just that, you know, I think he, his confidence is just absolutely shot right now, right? I mean, you know, I think I, 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 it, too much time has been spent discussing his finishing woes, and I, I really don't think it's really worth knocking the kid too bit too badly at this point i can't even really call him a kid i mean like he's 25 fucking years old this year you know yeah. at some point like you just kind of have to understand where you are right so in that sense like that's that's sort of the thing for me you know i i i think like you know i'm i i really do hope that that some bullshit doesn't happen in a couple of months where it turns out that we can't extend his loan for whatever reason but you know, uh, and I would really consider it like a true tragedy if we never get to see Fabio and Klimala play together for whatever reason. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm knocking on wood right now. I'm not sure if you could hear that. I'm knocking on wood right now that that doesn't happen. But, you know, I, like, 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 I think that, that that's one thing that I think hasn't is one of those underlying like issues that we have to kind of, you know, 
monitor going forward is that we don't really have striking options that seem to be a natural fit for this other than Fabio at the moment, you know. Right. I've 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 personally enjoyed the looks that Fabio has been getting. There's one I know we have the two assists and we talk about his involvement, but uh one moment that stood out for me in the thirty seventh minute he takes a shot on goal. Uh he's on the right side of the bike, he takes a shot across and it comes off the post. But looking back at that moment, right, there's two defenders in front of him and the goalkeeper. And I didn't think he was gonna take that shot. Uh, but as soon as he took that shot, I thought I thought it was going in. But uh, whether or not it was going to go in or not, I thought, oh, we have a striker now. Like that is, you know, like there's some strikers that can just will a goal into being. Yeah. And like Bradley Wright Phillips did that all the time. And I have yet to see um, like Tom Barlow do that. And then Brian White, he he did those shitpost goals last season, which kind of are in that vein, but not quite in the way that, uh, we, you know, the box is crowded. You take one touch. You know where the goal is. Yeah, yeah like, that's true. It's, it's like it was the first time I saw one of our strikers with a striker's eye. You know, like like you said that you just there's there's something to be said about a about a, a decent striker who just sees a moment that no one else sees and takes a shot. It's like, oh, oh, that, that's a goal. How the fuck did that happen? You know, yeah. like and not, and not in a shit post kind of not in a shit house kind of way. But like, like legitimate, like wow, that was actually like that's good fucking vision. Don't really see it with White and Barlow. It seems like with them, uh, too often it's like just waiting for that perfect clear shot, you know, like 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 they're in training or something, or or you know, or more of a shit house type of situation where like oh, I would just hit the ball in my head and just you know pray wherever it goes it goes. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a good point. You, you you see it with Fabio where it's like he sees things, he sees things that no one else sees, and. And and that's good because at some point those goals are going to go in, and on top of that, having having another striker next to him with that same type of vision, that same type of 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 uh, of uh, I guess foresight to see kind of see things happening almost before they happen, it bodes well because now you have someone who's going to be you know charging you know charging in possibly for for you know rebound situation a tap in or something like that, which is another thing we don't. Uh, we haven't seen. I feel like there's been so many times where we've seen someone take a shot, it it, it you know bounces off the, the keeper, or he you know, he he just smacks it away. And if there was just somebody there to just tap the fucking thing in, it'd be a goal. Instead, there's just people running around, you know, with again no cohesion, no uh, uh, no no drive or or vision to kind of see the kind of see things happening beforehand, and then put yourself in a position. Uh, to kind of make something happen. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to see that whenever, you know, Klamala comes at some point in the fall, probably. Yeah, I think when it comes to, like, Fabio's ability to just generate these chances, right? I mean, like, you also talk about that half volley from outside the box against oh LA last yes. week. Like, that oh, would have been that was so, good. That's another one so that was like, sick. oh, we have a striker. This dude is yeah. a striker. <laughs> uh, he, he scored a few of those at Oeste as well, I think. Oh, man. Like, if you saw his highlight reel at in brazil like just some he 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 can try shit you know yeah. i think it's a very non-descriptor and you know it's a non-descriptor descriptor for a player but like it's good to see a guy who at least kind of tries shit you know yeah. like <laughs> and, and a lot of it with strikers comes down to comfort you know to comfort too I mean, that, that was a big thing with brad and just want to 
be super clear. I'm not saying he's our next Brad or he is or anything like that, but just it is an example uh, that, you know, with a lot of strikers, when they get comfortable, when, when they get into that, that mode, you know, that's when you start getting lethal. And, and I think you're starting to see Fabio kind of get into a little bit of a groove and, and starting to see things, see the players around him, see, you know, there's just something about him that game that he just felt very relaxed. He's not, he's not pushing himself. He's just letting things kind of come and, and he's taking smart chances. So I really think goals are going to start coming soon for for this guy. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. You know, I think uh, you talk about players who've had only really had isolated moments rather than being a constant presence throughout the game. And I think Fabio, uh, through the opening three games of his uh, career here in New York, you know, it's mostly been isolated. Oh, moments. oh, oh, this is important. You know, this is important. But, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt. This is important. Kamala is in the U.S. What? Oh, no what? fucking way. What? His his girlfriend posted two hours on Instagram. Lads. Gervoni <laughs> <laughs> Big. Gervoni Big. <laughs> I fucked up the Polish. I'm sorry. I think uh, all, all all our listeners in Garfield are gonna like send death threats to my house now. Oh, but... do you smell? <laughs> yeah, I smell kielbasa like... now. What the hell? <laughs> kielbasa. Yeah, she she, and she, she captioned together? it. Let's. She captioned it. Let's start this American dream. Oh boy! And she's in a taxi, or she was. She posted a, a, a video of her in a ta- in a in a in an Escalade limo. Uh, I guess getting a ride from the airport. So wow, wow that. Wow. Is fucking awesome. What a flex, dude! Seriously, my god, it's uh they're 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 getting money from uh, I think Polish expatriates the same way the IRA got money from all uh, the Irish Americans on Long Island to do that probably. <laughs> but uh, to go back to what I wanted to talk about with Fabio, right? I think it it's mostly been isolated moments so far, but you know I think um, the second half was a bit more. Um, an indication of what it could look like once he makes that jump to become a constant present force like up front right and i think you kind of have to take that as a step forward you know the way that he um you know i think started to involve himself more as the game went on you know i i, I think um yeah i i think there's good signs to show it's going to be less about isolated moments and more about developing being a constant force in front of the field. Um, speaking of people who actually managed to establish themselves as being a force, like almost immediately from the moment they came on. I mean, like I, I, I can't really um, finish discussion about the Chicago game, but we don't make us, we don't make a side journey to talk about Drew, the one they call Drew. Yes, you know, I think. Um, look, I mean, just the way he like upped the tempo off the bench, right? Like he showed off so many aspects of his game. You know, I think. Even within that, I think, 40-minute cameo uh, appearance that he got, right? Like, his vision, his passing, and the speed at which he makes decisions, moves into space after he plays the ball, and constantly looks to combine. You know I mean? Like, Yearwood looks like a real, real smart player in that midfield. You know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, like uh, the the soundbite saying that he was going to be an all-ranging, ball-winning midfielder, but I think he's kind of got more of an all-round skill set than that, right? Like, he's got a creative side to him. He's got the uh, brains to know how to move into space after he's played the ball, so he consistently uh, remains an outlet for a pass. 
Like you saw that on the uh, on the setup, I think in the seventy seventh minute, where he tried to get him into. Uh, sorry, where he tried to play the ball into Danny Royer, right? I think it was like a one-two combination, moved oh, yeah. into space off of it, and then played that through ball in for Royer, which he he he, uh, you know, kind of ended up uh, having a Royer moment <laughs> with. But you know, it's stuff like that. You know, I think um, the, the the stuff like that that whets your appetite. You know, seeing seeing that in midfield, I I think you know uh, he he's really starting to show what he can do in, in a bit more detail, right? And I I hope that he approaches ninety minutes fitness sooner rather than later because he looks like a real asset I think in that midfield when you consider how much emphasis is placed on those quick combinations, at quick vertical play, and uh, you know having the speed at which you close people down constantly. You know, I think um, all real highlights, I think, of a... No, sorry, all real... What's the other word? It's not highlights. Tenets. Yeah, all tenets <laughs> of Schubert's system, I think. And Yearwood looks like he could definitely tick all those boxes. Yeah, it's. it looks like it's a matter of his his own fitness not whether or not uh that he needs to be a weapon off the bench but uh i'm personally very high on drew yearwood uh i think he has great vibes and every literally every time i see him on the field uh i'm thinking uh this guy's got it yeah it's been it's 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 gonna be cool to see yearwood um be more of a factor and actually be under, you know, uh, just a, a better situation. Um, I think it's funny. I, I really, really do think that, that, <laughs> that year was, was just kind of like kept away from Chris Armas on purpose because they didn't <laughs> want him ruined. <laughs> uh, so I, unfortunately you have some idiots out there making, you know, very, very big hot takes, creating cr- kind of fabricating this, this player that I, I don't even know where they get that, where they got, what they got that from. Uh, especially after seeing seeing him play for you know maybe half less than half a season under an interim manager and in, in, in the middle of a fake season like whatever now is where we get to finally see um, you know what his skill sets are what he can do what you know what kind of player he really is under an actual proper manager and and um, you know I feel like if you kind of go down the list of players who. Uh, who's been on the field so far? I, I think most, for the most part, I think most guys you know get a get a good passing grade. But I think year was definitely someone who, the, the the few times he's been on the field, you at least for me, I see something. I definitely see a I, I see a baller. It, I with with some with some fitness and some more time, I really think this is gonna be a big player for us this year. I. Hmm. I think um, I had a thought, but I lost it. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember now. I wanted to be a fly in the wall in the room, right, when he signed uh, with the team. You know, I can, I can imagine, like, Thelwell uh, sitting, bringing in Chris and sitting him down, and Dennis is, like, on his side of the table looking kind of sheepish. And then Thelwell's like, <laughs> Chris... There's good news and there's bad news. The good news. We're signing a young DP midfielder for you. 
Wait, no, no, sorry. We're signing a young DP midfielder. And then the bad news is, Chris, it's for Bradley Carnell. And then he hands him his pink slip right there. On the <laughs> Big ups to Kevin Thelwell, man. I mean, like, uh, holy shit, it feels like we got fucking... Uh, Fucking the guys from a casino running this team now with all these big calls and shit, right? Like it's pretty sick, dude. The, the uh, most, the most, like just straight up gangster ass shit was was him pretty much openly saying that, like, yeah, I kind of wanted to fire him earlier in the season, but COVID happened and it made it a little weird, so yeah, I waited. <laughs> <laughs> and he just waited until he got fucking destroyed by a bunch of fucking. Random kids, bunch of children from the fucking park that they scooped up from fucking Washington D.C. And he was like, "Yeah, this is this is this is the time." Who are those a, a week, guys? a week, a fucking week. It was like a week, wasn't it? After the city game, where he fucking just bragged, "Well, yeah, everyone stays quiet when 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 shit fucking happens." Whatever oh, stupid Lord. shit he said. Yeah. What 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 fucking like just bonehead, arrogant, dumb shit he said. After such a generic ass fucking garbage win, after like a zo- like the zoniest of goals from Kyle Duncan, yeah, far, it was like, like like it like bounced off someone's dick or something or like fucking toe. <laughs> no, and no, like Sh- it just no. Went Sean inside. Johnson literally, I think, dropped it in his own net. <laughs> like, oh, that's right. <laughs> that was the one where like he tried to he tried to pull the ball back onto the line. Like no one see. Like he's trying to frame a pitch. Like oh, hope 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 the ref doesn't see this. How do you brag about an own goal win, man? Holy <laughs> shit. Oh, man. It was a real Roy Carroll moment, and uh, this is what we were supposed to be proud <laughs> of. Thelma must know. have heard that and just, just like, looked at fucking Dennis like, like what, what the are, fuck did he just what? say? <laughs> <laughs> it was right then that I knew I had to, I had to smoke his ass. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the words God. of Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like you like was was Thelwell involved with Wolves when Phil Brown was wait was it Phil Brown who's the no Phil Brown was uh, no was Phil Hull. Brown was uh yeah that was Hull uh, oh it was a, it was another um, ferocious animal but not a not a feline um I, I would I would pay like real American currency to just go back in time and just sit quietly in a corner wherever Thelwell was when when he said that. And just see his reaction. I, I, my God, it must have been amazing. I could fetch you a couple <laughs> Bitcoin for sure. I mean, <laughs> he probably he probably wasn't even like like apoplectic. He probably was even like, oh, that's not good. I'm gonna take a picture. I'm gonna go back in time and take a picture of that and sell it on like some NFT site or some shit and just make it a digital fucking currency or some. Oh but like Bellwell is just like is just like looking up from his laptop and like his Google results are like how to make a curry pie at home and he's like he said what now? <laughs> <laughs> he picks up his phone and is like just calls his wife and is like darling tea is cancelled. I have business to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Ah oh, fucking Christ. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's uh, do some stocks, I guess, to uh, close out discussion of uh, the uh, game. So um, I'm going to award. I, I guess uh, we'll limit ourselves to three. Um, let's limit ourselves to three. I guess just for the sake of fairness, I'll go through mine real quick. I mean, big stock, obviously, to Fabio. Uh, I'm going to issue a stock up to uh, Drew Yearwood, and um, I'm going to give my final one to. Hmm, 
Actually, you know, like I, I didn't really touch upon this because I don't think um, I, I guess I'm kind of biased. I actually am going to issue a stock up to Carlos Coronel. Actually, uh, I think I'm seeing the way that he combined with the back line was really fun to see. Right? I think um, seeing the way that he managed to beat the Chicago press by having a goalkeeper very comfortable with the ball at his feet. You know, I think I haven't seen a keeper play with the ball like that the entire time I've like started watching this team. So, you know, I think he's, he on a technical level seems to definitely be on a higher plane, I think, than what we've seen on that, on the distro front at the very least. So, yeah, I mean, seems like he could be a really good, fun pickup. Definitely another promising performance. Good to get him and get that clean sheet. So yeah, it was, it was interesting to see, cause you, you've been, you've, you mentioned quite a, quite a bit about, um, that's kind of what you expected from him. And we really didn't see it too much the first two games. So it was good to sign, you know, to finally see signs of exactly what you're talking about. You know? Yeah. And basically I'm giving him a stock up cause he make, he's making me look like a fucking genius. So thanks. Carlos. <laughs> totally not biased. These words are not going to come back and bite me in the ass. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, stock downs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, Hmm. I don't know. Like I don't think anyone really did anything too 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 awful this game. I think um, I guess a minor stock down to Andrew Goodman actually because I think um, the crossing is still a bit of a question mark, right? Despite the fact that he's had these really nice, he's been really good on the defensive end. So um, I only really issue a stock down on the basis that we don't have a fullback that seems capable of uh, delivering the kinds of wide crosses that we see consistently uh, that will be asked of of the fullbacks in the system. Um, stock down, I think, uh, to... I don't know. I mean, like, I don't really think it's fair to issue a stock down to anyone, maybe. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think... Yeah... You know, I one of those performances where where it's kind of hard to say that anyone really did anything too bad. So um, I guess stock down to the Chicago Fire for having a lot of very sketchy uh, people from the Balkans that look like they could have definitely um, done some hate crimes before. Um, <laughs> and the stock down to... Uh, God, I don't even know, man. Uh, I'll I'll give my final stock down to to Phil Murphy, just for the lols. Fuck you, Phil <laughs> Murphy. <laughs> so I I'm gonna give my stock up to uh, Fabio too. I think uh, yeah, like I mentioned before, I, I feel like this is the most comfortable um, I've seen him play, and I also think he's kind of starting to to. Yeah, I think he's just starting to see how he fits into the team. Um, just his his vision that 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 uh, his ability to read the moment and just kind of know that Clark was rushing in and just very calmly head the ball. He could have easily tried to do something crazy, let the ball go down and and fucking I don't know, kick it behind him or some weird shit. But just to have that presence of mind, that, that situational awareness to just be calm. Headed towards, you know, headed towards Clark, who he knew he was coming in, 
and churn off a goal. I mean, he, he showed a lot. I, I really, really liked the way he played, uh, he played that game. So huge stock up for him. Um, stock up to Davis, man. Davis, he balled out the dudes. He's, he's playing really good. I really, really like the way he's playing and, and, and uh, I mean, shit for all the talk of, of you know, him being, you know, trade bait, true or not. I don't think that's the case at all anymore at this point. And if anything, it's making it, it's going to make it even harder for other players who maybe even some of us thought would be getting, you know, a lot of minutes to, to kind of justify taking him off. So, uh, yeah, he's 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 doing well. So stock up to him. I'm going to give a stock up to Long. This is the best he's looked so far. There was something different about this game where um, not only in the way he played, but just like kind of his 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 body language. This is the best body language I've seen from him. He didn't look like um, kind of just spaced out, frustrated. He looked like he was present. He was he was. He was in, you know, he, he didn't look like he was, his mind was, was, was somewhere. Maybe his, I don't know, maybe he sleep trained his kid. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I can vouch for how much that helps your sleep. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, there was just something very different about, I, I, this was the closest to like 2018 Aaron Long that I've seen in, in quite some time. So I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him a stock up because he's kind of been under, under the magnifying glass for me for, for someone who's just been like, like, what the fuck? So um, those are my three stock ups. Stock down. Um, my first stock down is going to be, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I can't really, I guess I'll give it to Goodman too. I, I think, you know, it was, it's very easy to get excited about, seeing a lot of like the defensive stuff that we've seen from Gutman just because we really haven't had that in so long. Um, he's been, dare I say, a lockdown defender. Um, so that's been good to see. But on the attacking side, yeah, we're, we're, we're I think the more we see him play, the more, uh, the more like the, the, the whole of that part of his game seems to be. And, I don't want to like sound alarm bells yet. I mean, it's only been three games and, and who knows, maybe he has it. And he just, you know, needs a little bit more, uh, you know, pushing and, and, and time and practice or whatever with, with that kind of role. But yeah, I'm not, not too, too, not too happy, I guess, with, with um, how he's been on that side. His crossing is really bad. Uh, second stock down is, uh, for my daughter, she gets a stock down for waking up at four o'clock in the morning, um, and not going back to sleep until, uh, what time was it? Seven or 5 PM. That was fun. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's, that's about it. I, I, I don't know if I, who else I can give a stock down to. I, I think the team, the team did what they had to do. Uh, stocks, uh. Let's see. I agree on the point of long. I think one of the, one of the hallmarks of watching this team sort of uh, grind other teams in the dust in 2018 was watching how confidently like long would be on the ball. Like I'm usually in section 101 uh, during games, and I remember one game specifically that he carried the ball. Like I think he won the ball, beat a defender, and then uh, just dished a no look pass from as a center back. I'm like, ooh, this guy's got the juice. Um, and this was a bit of that, like there were moments in like the, in like the last 15 minutes where like, like we, we would, we would have a chance 
uh, the ball and the ball would get cleared, but the, the ball would not like there was no Chicago couldn't do anything. Right. They were just coughing up the, the ball just to get it out of there. And then long would get it back and then dish it off. And there we go again. Like those moments like that are like, oh, uh, like we are complete in control. Uh, yeah. Up Amaya. This is his first start. I thought, you know, it's oh, yeah. it's a lot of like little things with Amaya. Uh, the way he moves the ball, the way he shields the ball, the way he can win back the ball, very impressive to watch um, as this new addition. I'm really excited to see all like the new guys kind of bed themselves in. Amaya is one of them. Uh, Duncan might get a stock up. I think this is the most competent he's been this season. Uh, I mean, he's played one game this season, but I think we saw in the game against uh, Los Angeles and when he came in as a sub, the kind of shape, looked better uh and i don't know maybe it's having his replacement like sitting on the bench uh maybe struber was like kyle ha- have you met tom i hear he also plays right back isn't that a funny coincidence <laughs> uh, and then he just walks away <laughs> and he's got one number that is bigger than yours <laughs> uh another stock up omir omir lives and one of oh, yeah, Omir, yeah. Omir did the Omir thing where like he just comes in and we're all like, "Wow, this guy is so good." Uh, if Yo, he scored that fuck, volley, right? <laughs> if, he scored, if he scored that volley, I would have I would have lost it. Uh, but it's good to see him as an option again. Um, stocks down. I agree with the points on Gutman. It's sort of not his best game. Uh, I think he he benefited from Chicago not having ideas. Uh, towards the end because he was uh, my man was huffing and puffing but uh, I did notice that like his crossing isn't ideal when not uh, but he hasn't also hasn't gotten the opportunity to do like that Kamar Lawrence thing where he like he gets the byline and hits it low across Um, because to be honest I don't know if he's that kind of player to be honest I don't know if he's that kind of player Uh, he is a player that kind we don't know Um, (laughs) stock down I think Jonathan Bornstein played in this game. Do you guys? Oh yeah! I wow! Yeah, I wasn't hallucinating that, right? <laughs> I was... He 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 uh, he uh, he gave uh, he gave the goose to a Frankie Amaya in the All Access video, and I thought it was like I thought it was like on a fever trip or something. Yeah, I'm like, what a what a bizarre career he's had. I was watching the highlights earlier, and Steve Cangelosi was like Jonathan Bornstein, who was voted Rookie of the Year in 2006. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck? I, I thought he was shit. still in Mexico, like just playing I for some he random was... second division team or something. Right? Like, I was like, what, what a what fuck? a strange career he's had. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, that's it for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't conclude. It. Stocks down on me for not finishing that thought completely. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll issue that stock down retroactively to Phil Murphy as well, just just because, like, uh, we can issue a um, stock down to Andrew Cuomo too. We can give it to. All oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'll give yours to Andrew Cuomo then, because what the fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> gonna build a stat. I'm actually gonna build a statue of the uh, Red Bulls being above the line now. Actually, after winning this game. <laughs> like what the fuck was that like whole flattened the curve shit oh my god that was disgusting dude um, anyway um away from uh, the shittiness of tri-state area politics now uh, let's uh focus our attention on um the beloved return of a club icon shall we say uh this weekend uh yes toronto fc and a certain christopher armis are back in town 
uh, as our as they've taken on a really bit of a kind of a weird hinge of being like Red Bull 2015 era castoffs reconvening in Canada with a grudge against us specifically. Like, I don't want to be alarmist, but this could be, shall I say, war against us. Ahem. Um, I don't know. Like, it's weird seeing him back so soon, right? I mean, like, 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 all things considered, he seemed a bit unprepared, uh, at the very least, to take on a head coaching role. And all of a sudden, he's here coaching the likes of Michael Bradley. So what the fuck? I don't know. Like, uh... (laughs) Definitely a bit of a uncanny valley kind of thing, um, and uh, they've definitely been kind of funny watching the uh, the uh, pregame press conferences where Struber is kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's in the past. I'm not really interested in litigating it. And Armis, meanwhile, was like, I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> totally not, totally, totally does not stung at all. I don't think. Um, so I guess um, Toronto FC, like uh, you know, uh, having watched them in CCL, like this does not look like a good team, folks. I, I'm sorry to say. I mean, like you can talk about their talent in a vacuum, but ha- you can't talk about talent in the vacuum and just completely negate the fact that having a manager who doesn't know how to utilize that talent can sink a whole team. I mean, that was the whole point of 2019 and 2020. Right, you can't sit here and tell me that. Oh, I mean, like they're really talented on paper. I mean, like we had some pretty decent players on our team that we are showing off again right now, and how much they can be elevated with a decent management right in place. So I don't know why the same can apply to Toronto. You know, I mean, I think you'll talk about what Jefferson Soltado being uh, available, but look, I mean. Kaku was like, for all intents and purposes, probably the most talented playmaker we've seen play for this club in quite some time. And that does include Sasha Question, by the way. Like, And you saw basically what happened with, with him, right? I think Armis didn't know how to deploy him properly and just got shunted to the wing and didn't really have anyone running off of him to provide that kind of support. Like, that's the deal. Like, we can't I, I, I'm not convinced that they're going to be winning this game on the basis of their talent alone, because I think if their CCL performances and some of the even some of their performances in MLS, right, are anything to go off of, this is a really this team that kind of doesn't look too hot, right? I mean, Omar Gonzalez kind of looks like a corpse right about now. He's uh, playing alongside a relatively unproven young player in a Luke Singh, who. You know, it's kind of an unknown quantity, right? A bit of like our equivalent to Sean Nealis. Um, You have Armis talking about how he wants to deploy like a a press in midfield, but you know, you're starting to see some of that disjointed stuff again, right? Like I think uh, the game against, they they played Cruz Azul in CCL, right? I think recently. And just, I think that first leg in Mexico, especially like, I mean, that was that was rough watching, man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like it's because of that. Like, I really think that this is a team that we honestly should be beating. I'm, I'm being very frank here. Like I, 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 I would consider it a failure if we don't manage to get something against this Toronto FC team, especially at home. 
you know, and especially off of them having played a game in midweek, like, you know, I, I, sentiments aside, you have to be putting teams like this out to pasture if you want to call yourself good this season. So, you know, again, expectations very high going into this. I expect a win if we want to call ourselves good. You know, I would be, it's like, it's that level for me. I would consider anything less to be a bit of a shortcoming. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a must win, not in a sense that like, you know, the shield is gone, although, I mean, it might be if we lose, but it's a must win just in a sense that like, this is exactly the kind of team that we should we should be demolishing. A team that is not going to have any kind of real tactical uh, a vision, a team that's going to be doing some weird half-ass bootleg fucking like dollar general press bullshit with a bunch of old people who probably is going to, you know, closer to retirement than not. I mean, we have the youngest team in the league. I know they're not exactly fully, you know, as fit as they will be, you know, in, in a month or two, but fuck man, they should be a hell of a lot more fit than anyone on Toronto for the most part. <clears throat> We should be able to run them off the pitch. I by by the fiftieth minute, if I don't see the look of just like, if you don't see Armis holding his dick on the sidelines, like <laughs> yeah, seriously, yeah. if he's not holding his fucking balls by like the forty ninth and a half minute, I'm gonna be very disappointed. Like seriously, like I the 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 the, the type of win that should be expected should be the kind that that causes armors to have one of those long, super rambling, more incoherent than usual fucking excuse filled bullshit for like 15 straight minutes, like post-conference. Like it, it needs to be the kind of game where the post-game interviews with the players, you can start sensing like, okay, maybe this guy actually was a fraud. And, and like th- this, this needs to be a locker room destroying fucking game. Like I'm not even kidding. There's this on, on paper, there's just I, I just can't I can't see any justifiable reason <clears throat> why why we should lose against this team at home. Uh, I, I will be <clears throat> excuse me, I will be very pissed off. It will be stocked down for fucking everything. <laughs> if, well, are you, if we are don't. you seriously like Great Depression levels of stocked down? Holy shit, dude. I Whoa. will be yes, I will be fucking livid. Fernando just because I will demand uh Struber to be uh, wearing nothing but uh but uh but a wooden barrel for a month. <laughs> <laughs> Burning dollar yeah. bills. Cuz like and, and honestly, I feel like it, it it goes more than just like trying to 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 show up Chris Armas. It's like Remove that emotional part out of it and just just look at it. Just just look at it, the facts of it. This is not Toronto. He's not a good manager. I uh, he he had he has the most expensive roster in the league, and they still look like shit. They are actually progressively looking worse. Okay, there's no clear like tactical vision with the team. What he's trying to do is in itself beyond really what, what what a team of like that age and that like physical capability should even be capable of doing, which is why I think you see all of them like kind of turning off physically by like the 30th, 40th minute. I mean, that's how it was when he was with us, but now I feel like it's even worse just because it, you know, he just doesn't have the players physically capable of doing that. You know, I, 
they're just not a good team. And I know this is a, a new team. It's a young team. There's obviously a lot of, a lot of, you know, things that still have to get figured out on our side, but even a performance like last week against Toronto should be enough to beat them. I know, I know Chicago is not a good team, but still that level of confidence, that level of, of belief and the cohesion, the, 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 all the things that we pretty much spent the first hour talking about, that should be enough to beat Toronto. I really, there's, there's no excuse, no excuse at all. And, and especially coming off a win like that, I expect even more confidence. I expect even more cohesion. I expect them to be even you know more on the same page than, where, than they were before. Plus I expect, you know, I, I, I do expect the players to have uh, I don't want to say that, that stupid fucking chip on a shoulder phrase, but I, I do hope that that some of the players from last year do have a little bit of a grudge on that field because you know look when when, when a manager basically goes on an interview after he's been fired and saying basically saying yeah our, my, my player sucked do you take offense to that shit you absolutely fucking take offense to that shit so I hope guys like Davis and 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 long and some of the other players you know, uh, who, who who are still here this year, from last year, had to deal with his bullshit for a season or two, or season and a half. Yeah, I, I hope they they have a little bit more to show, and I hope that gives them a little bit more confidence, a little more drive to to really push. Fucking, I want I'll, it needs to be a bloodbath tomorrow. I I want it to be so bad that like I spend like I'm just gonna call out on Monday and just do nothing but just like talk shit on like everyone. <laughs> You know, like uh, it would really be something if, like, say, Omir comes in, scores like a six goal in an absolute blowout, and then runs over the sideline. I want Omir to score. And does the Van Nistelrooy celebration? He does the Van Nistelrooy <laughs> celebration in front of Orvis. That would be so nuts. Oh man! <laughs> Remember when Etienne just grabbed the Smurf head? I want someone just like to throw a fucking like a bald head of like a fake armist looking thing, and it's Omir just like stares at him like, "Bitch, this is what you fucking did to me." <laughs> Oh no! And he, li- he leaves the field to uh, calls of Armus in, like oh finally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just like, like this- the like the Olsen treatment works. Like, give this man a lifetime contract. Yeah, exactly. And then the next I'm time all- the Toronto uh, come to town, we just unfurl a giant tifo. It's like Armus forever manager, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want the fans to thank him. After he loses, and he's just so fucking stupid, he thinks that like they're saying that in a positive way, and it's not. No, no, thank you for losing so badly. Not thank you for your service here. No, he forgets. It causes him to forget that he's Toronto manager. Like, yeah, you know the guys. The guys, great, great win today. You know the the guys. They 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 did they did the tactics. They did the, uh, the 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 movements. You know, I, I thought it was all being executed. You finally started to see some, you know, um, tactics, some, um, you know, togetherness, you know, uh, uh, cohesion all around. I always, I always told the guys, it's about details. It's about details, and uh, <laughs> all that bullshit starts coming out. And then it's like, yeah. Chris, you're managing Toronto. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh um, boy. Anyway, uh, uh, if we, if we want to talk about uh, Toronto, just like remember, like this is a team. They played Cruz Azul in a knockout competition, and the cosmic forces of Cruz Azul Leismo was like, no, Cruz Azul can go through this time. Uh, if we can go, like, look at the guys who went ninety. Um, uh, Michael Bradley went ninety. 
Omar Gonzalez went 90. But then also Marky Delgado, uh, Richie Laria, Justin Morrow went 90. I don't know who else they have playing at uh, left back or left wing back. Schaffelberg played most of the game, I think. Taxi, they announced Taxi today. I don't know if he plays tomorrow. I, I doubt yeah, it. Yeah, um, I would be surprised. It's his arm. He's going to roll him out. That would be funny. Akinola he, come played, on. played most of the game. He played 82 minutes. Um, Osorio and Mavinga were pulled at halftime. Uh, Pozuelo and Josie are still out, I think. Well, we know Pozuelo is out. Josie wasn't even in the squad the last game, so I don't know what happens there. Um, so Teldo trained. I know that much, but I don't. He might start, but I don't know. I'm just going to say this. Like, everyone was like, like, Toronto FC signed Jefferson Soteldo, a world-class player. Like, look, guys, you have never seen Soteldo play. I am sorry. Like, <laughs> I, he is a good – like, I only say this because I'm a Santos fan, so I get to watch – I've gotten to watch a fair bit of him play. And he is a good player. But uh, remember, he's going to be coached by Chris Armas. I don't – guys, I don't I don't know what to, what to tell you. Uh, yeah, look, I mean – He Kaku, had Kaku right? on this team, and Kaku regressed. And, look uh, – you know, you know, Kamara's going to play and he is going to have the most fucking just brain dead, like reason for it. Like, yeah, you know, he used to play for Red Bull. So we had to put him on because he knows, you know, he knows what to expect from them or, or, or just some, just some stupid shit. Like he's like, he said in the past, like, forget the fact that, that, you know, it's obviously a completely different team both Red Bull and Toronto, everything is the, everything about the situation of the game tomorrow will be completely different, but he will somehow find a way to just justify in his brain why Kamara should totally play tomorrow, even though he's not going to have like a single practice, like training session with them. I would actually think it'd be a bit presumptuous to think that Kamara Lawrence plays tomorrow, but you know, I mean, I think uh, I could obviously be shown up by uh, what happens. Uh, I it's mean, I guess Chris he is. Armis. A, I guess he is a domestic <laughs> player, so those guys can be um, deployed as soon as possible. But I don't. But do, do you but recall then, they had like, like all the like, administrative paperwork like done, like right. the international transfer certificate? That is true. Yeah. Like, uh, well, and Chris Armis is like, "Hey, can you play tomorrow?" And Taxi's like. I haven't played a game in like six months, <laughs> Chris. I'm, but like, literally, just, just... I'm literally still on the plane from Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> How are you calling me? I I didn't think I could get signal here. <laughs> uh, I, I I, I'm just thinking back phone. to. All... <laughs> I'm just thinking back to all the dumb like reasonings he had for like formations and substitutions and starting lineups and. And and all that bullshit. So it's it's if if he is eligible to play tomorrow, I would be fucking. That would be a level of of growth from Chris Armis. I didn't think would be that that was ever possible if he was available, but refrained from using him. I would be absolutely shocked. Wait, hold on. I think I sense the technicality here. Right, and he's a domestic. Per- he's a he's a player for domestic purposes in the United States. But is he? Canadian as a result of that. Does your US green card apply in Canada? Who knows? India's got the most cases, America's the I don't Yeah, I don't know how that works cuz well <laughs> I think I I think just from league rules, I think US green cards still count towards 
But what like does it mean Canadian like teams. the administrative side of things? You know what I mean? Like uh, like on the Canadian He might not need to get a visa. Right, yeah. So 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 I, I don't exactly know how that works, to be honest. But yeah, I, I, I don't know if yeah, I don't know if he had to relinquish his green card when he left. This is the part of the episode where we no no I don't think you you lose your green card, but like it's a question of whether or not like uh, having a U.S. green card affects the immigration status that you have, like in order to be registered to be able to play in Canada. You know what I mean? With like ah, but remember they're not based in Canada this year. Or at least for most of the year, they're based out in, in the U.S. So I don't know if that changes things. Yeah, too. actually, I guess this is the part where we like Google uh, Jamaican Jamaican citizens uh, Canada work visa. <laughs> Shit. Like, it would be funny if like if Toronto gets to go back to Toronto, but they can't take taxi with them. <laughs> it's like Kamara. No, it'll be amazing like- if he plays him, but he's not not eligible and like I don't know. They just have to forfeit because of that or some stupid no. shit. Oh, no, I don't like that though. That's that's zone bullshit. Yeah, like we're supposed to be past that. I'd, I'd rather us pace them on the field. You know, it would be funny if forfeit. like if like we, if we like just like we beat them four nil, but on the technicality they have to do a three nil forfeit and Chris <laughs> has to choose one. They were like, <laughs> the league office has stolen from us. <laughs> they took away our goals. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, again, like I'm not gonna make predictions for this game. I, I'm just gonna give you, tell you guys like what I want to see, and you know, like how do you not want to not see this team like just cream them? You know, like again, I think something I didn't really talk about is the fact that they're very, very reliant on like what 34 year old Michael Bradley to be like orchestrating like basically everything, not just in terms of like the defensive side of things, but also build up. Also driving the ball forward and orchestrating play in the attacking third, right? I mean, this is not a sustainable recipe for success, you know? And, you know, like, Michael Bradley is a really good player, even at this point in his career. But whether he's, like, the guy who can do everything for 90 minutes against a team that's going to be pressing this aggressively is another thing, you know? Like, I don't think it's going to be a case where he's going to be constantly, like, losing the ball having like slippy G moments like every other like five minutes. No, it's not going to be like that, but it's a question of whether or not he's got anyone to pass it to, right. Or whether or not he's going to have the channels to play the ball forward and the like, and whether or not he's going to be able to constantly track back in time to keep up with like uh, attackers streaking the other way, you know I mean? Especially having played 90 minutes in midweek, you know, like I, I, all the signs point to me to indicate that I should not, be expecting like anything less than a win you know i would consider anything less than a win to be a failure if i'm being very very frank here and i would sincerely hope the team like delivers the goods like this is the one game i do not want to fucking lose at all i would be (laughs) i would be a bit annoyed maybe not as annoyed as fernando but i would be pretty annoyed i'd be fucking i'm not even be annoyed i'd be fucking livid Yeah, I think we like I genuinely like really like truly piss the fuck off if 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 we let that fucking bin man with that broken ass team fucking beat us at home at that that that's gonna be fucking that's gonna piss me off. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anybody else want to add some closing thoughts, or should we just move on to questions? Oh, uh, the team just posted a video of uh the one of the training there so the team is training at RBA today and uh, there's a video of uh 
Tom Edwards doing the Rory DeLap thing where he puts the ball inside of his shirt to dry it off to do a long throw in. I'm like, man, this man is English. <laughs> I can't wait for the day that we actually get on the end of some of these. You know, that would be pretty sick, eh? Is if we manage to weaponize throw ins as well, in addition to corners. Like, I would be so. This, is, for this that. is Struber, like, adopting like all the things he learned in England. <laughs> that was a. I was like, I, I learned the teachings of a man named Tony Pulis. <laughs> I can't do my German accent. It's way too. It's it's way too early for that. He Sorry. loved to wear a. He w- loved to wear a ball cap, which is <laughs> where I, I do it now. <laughs> um. Uh. So I think one question in the mailbag. Uh, the other comment was a take uh, from Clark Season saying, "I think the whole team has come down with the Tom Barlow disease." That could mean a lot of things, you know. I mean, if the whole team becomes tall and handsome, then I guess you're, I'm for it. That would be pretty oh. wonderful. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, a question from Edward Ritter on Twitter. Thanks again, Ed, for uh, sending this question in a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're finally reading it out today. Um, asking, are all our center backs washed? And I think this is kind of a tricky, this is a question that actually does kind of have a lot of nuance, right? And I think a lot of it really depends long-term on how well Struber is able to get guys like Long to buy back in again, right? Like I think Long especially, the focus is going to be a lot on Long, I think, this year and how he responds to constantly being denied like transfers overseas, right? I think uh, the Liverpool links would probably have been his last chance, I would say, at having a high-profile move across to Europe, to England in the Premier League. And that didn't really manifest. And anyway, to be honest, I think it kind of sounded like a desperation move anyway, so I'm not really sure if he would have played that much, to be honest. Like, it's would be a bit presumptuous to say that he would have been like a success right out the bat, to be completely honest. I mean, like, uh, because at the end of the day, this is still the Premier League, right? And it is, it is a different level to, to MLS, especially when you're playing for the likes of Liverpool. So a bit presumptuous to say that he'd be able to like, uh, you know, I think, uh, deliver the same kind of performances that we're used to at that level. I mean, not to say Liverpool that, uh, links like real. They, there was a lot of smoke. There seems oh, to be a lot of heavy yeah. smoke, and like a lot of journals are basically saying that, like, oh, how do you feel about having your uh, move denied, right? And he just kind of shrunk back at it. I remember earlier this year, so it seems to me that there were at least discussions and a bid being made. This party seemingly wanting to go, but the club kind of saying, no, you stay here now. Um, yeah. So, and then when it comes to the others, like I think what Reyes played for red bull 2 today so it seems to me that he's going to be a bit more of a project uh if anything like still kind of raw as it turns out not gonna be um yeah i don't really think he's in the in starting contention as of yet which leaves us with amro Tarek, who i think would probably fit the bill of being washed the most and even then he's still only 28 years old like i wouldn't like is like amro i would say is a bit is a consummate third center back option. I don't know if he'd be like washed in terms of his career length, but in terms of this system, that's where it's a bit of a question mark. I think I don't know. Jerry's kind of out in Amro Tarek. I think he would probably be the one that fits that build most. And I think Sean Nealis has some upward trajectory 
I'm not exactly sure how high his ceiling is. I think this could very well be it, where he just kind of grinds out a career as like an MLS center back. And, you know, that's perfectly okay. Like going the Matt Beasley route is more than admirable, right? I think as you could get out of an MLS draft pick. So, yeah, I mean, um, to kind of sum up what has kind of ended up becoming a bit of a ramble, um, washed. I wouldn't really say that just yet because I think there are grounds for development with at least two of our center backs. Um, But I think uh, the guys who are kind of at their figurative peak right now, you know, I think it's um, long as a wait and see season uh, to see if he can get back to uh, the levels that he was displaying in 2018. And Amro's just, you know, I guess he's just, he's just, he's just a backup center back. Like, uh, if he plays, he shows something, that's good. If he uh, doesn't, well, then that's just too bad. By the way, he counts as a domestic player, so it's totally fine. Totally fine. Yeah, I, I think uh, center back position is definitely still the the position that I'm uh, – it's probably the shakiest yeah. that, I, that I guess I still maintain a pretty high level of concern. I feel like there are so many other positions – it's they're slowly starting to kind of come into form and, 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 and kind of uh, we're seeing a bit more clarity with a lot of those positions, you know, a lot of the other positions that, you know, we may have mentioned, uh, you know, before the season started where maybe has, you know, a little bit of, a con- little bit of a concern um, center back. Yeah. It's, it's still, it's a little iffy. That being said, the last game gave me hope because I think Neela showed bees, He's decent. I mean, he's he's reliable enough. I mean, he's you know he's not he's not Aaron Long from you know 2018 by any stretch of the imagination, but he kind of seems to just be good enough. Where you know, yeah, you get yeah, and he's just he's just reliable. He's there. It, it, it Niels is a kind of player where like if you don't say his name that much, that means he had a solid game. He's not going to do anything to wow you. He's not going to do anything like that. He's just going to kind of be there to clean up. Very similar to Parker. I feel like Parker was like that in 2018. You really never mentioned – I feel like I really rarely ever mentioned Parker specifically for any particular moment other than he cleaned things up and that's it. Yeah, and he was good at doing that. Um, Long was the one who was a bit more involved in, st- in, in the game. So, yeah, I feel like as long as if, – if Niels's ceiling is not much higher than this, I'm okay with that because I don't ever expect him to be like – our long-term starter, if he's our best choice third option, I think I'd be okay with that. Um, Amro is is another center back where I feel like he's he's solid, but he has some moments where he reminds you why he's not a first choice center back. You know what I mean? Like he'll he'll have eighty five minutes of just decent, reliable, maybe a couple of grimaces here and there. Like, uh, okay, you're fine. But he'll have one or two moments where it's like, dude, like, what the fuck? You know, again, <laughs> reminders where it's like, this is why you're not a first choice, you know, center back. And I still don't know exactly how he fits, you know, into the grand scheme of of, of what um, of what Schubert's trying to do. Reyes played for Rebel 2 today. So clearly he, there's definitely room for him to improve before we really see him w- w- with the first team and be a factor. So... I think a lot of this is going to depend on long and will he ever get back to his 2018 form? No idea. 
maybe he will. Maybe 2018 was his peak. Um, but I, 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 I do feel like the last game gave me hope. Uh, like I mentioned before earlier, that that was the first game I've seen this year where he looked kind of just present. You know, he, he didn't look out of it. He didn't look disinterested. Um, I know he had mentioned uh, in an interview something about, you know, kind of just still needing to shake off, um, you know, the stupid, you know, national team bullshit. So we've seen that before with him. So that very well could have been what it was the first two games and not really him not being interested. But um, if if Long can come back to being 80% what he was in 2018, then I'll feel – and Nilas can kind of just continue to be just like this quiet, just, you know, reliable guy that you don't have to think too much or, or, or say much of his name throughout the game – I think we'll be okay, and hopefully it gives Reyes enough time to, you know, hopefully turn into the center back that I, I that they're hoping for him to be, and you know, I guess we'll we'll see from there. So I I just think it's too early to say anyone's washed, just because there's too many things at play, and it's way too early in the season, you know, for for us to kind of like make that that would be a super hot take to like just lay a hammer on on, on any of the center backs. Yeah, I don't washed. My definition of washed is uh is Chris Armas. De- <laughs> that wouldn't <laughs> apply to any of the guys we have. It's sort of like wash is a is a is a stage you transition into being uh I don't think long is washed. If anything, we saw a good game from him last time. Amro, it's like I I I don't think he's washed because we just haven't seen him that much this year. Same for Nealis. We haven't seen any Andres Reyes. You know who was washed as a center back for us? Uh, Aurelian Collin is like, oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. This guy oh, my God. Is God. He's still Yo. playing as well, though. He's being Dude. paid real American dollars to sit oh, on the Philadelphia Union's bench. That game against Columbus is oh, the fucking definition of washed i've never seen someone actively retire in the middle of a game (laughs) ever in any sport like you could see in real life his career just ending or at least it should have it ended for the rest of that season but oh man yeah that was brutal dude that was fucking bad that was absolutely fucking atrocious like holy shit it was like watching like Pain Olympics in soccer form, man. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs> and what made it and worse is like, you know what like, that video is? I think you like a, you're, you're you're a fossil just like me. So shout out. Oh, what made What made it so bad too is like you you saw it happen like three hours before it happened, and it no, all yeah, happened yeah, remember, in slow motion. Re- like all the memories are coming back of just like Patrick Mullins getting on the end of a ball that he just yeah. stepped to. Man, like I remember seeing the ball just go. I remember seeing the ball in the air going in that general direction, and just this like sinking feeling of fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And then, it, and then it's just like this, like fucking this tall, ball-headed guy just sweating more liquid than any human has ever sweat before, trying to just uselessly chase after this guy who was already forty feet ahead of him. And it's like, yeah, goddamn, and he's gonna fucking score it. And sure enough, it's a goal. And it's like, wow. And then it happened again. 
And again, he just kept on getting waxed the whole fucking game, man. Oh my god. That 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 was a worst. That may it wasn't as like sustained barrage like against uh, a lead in a in a first leg in Atlanta. That was just that was just fucking insane. But that was pretty close, man. Like it, it was they they you could you could just clearly say like at halftime they're like okay, okay guys, just wherever Colin is, just kick the ball that general direction. He's not going to catch you. Just and just go. Uh, I just want to say uh, for the record, I think to close out the episode that I kind of like the bald people on the team this year. <laughs> oh yeah, good bald. Oh, That's if we're a... talking about bald, if I can ask, so tomorrow, uh, at the match, we're going to see Chris Armas versus Gerhard Struber. It is the two bald managers at a New York Red Bulls game. When do you think the last time we have witnessed uh, two bald managers square off? Actually, I'm sure it would have been, must have been fairly recently, right? Because, uh, I mean, Armas was our manager. And yeah, I'm you, sure you would think we... so, but I'm actually, I, I looked it up and it's actually quite surprising. Okay. Really? What is yes. it? Yes. I think if I did my math correctly, because remember, uh, I thought it would have been a game against FC Cincinnati. However, uh, Chris Armas was fired before we got to play FC Cincinnati, which is coached by Yap Stam. So I had to actually go back and go back until August 2019 when we played LAFC. That was the last time against we, pl- Bob we had Bradley, two really? against Bob Bradley. Yeah. Didn't we play FC Cincinnati in the MLS's back tournament, though? But remember that when we played FC Cincinnati the first time in the season, it was against, uh, I don't know, oh, the, it was that fucking... the racist guy. Yeah. The... Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, right. And then, yeah, by the I time that we played FC Cincinnati that. again... Uh, and got knocked out of the tournament. I am pretty sure Armis was gone by then. No, no, no. Armis not. Armis was manager when we got knocked out of the tournament, though. Was he? Yeah, yeah. We we he oh, only got fired right. after the D, after the DCU game. You gotta remember. Oh, okay. So, so it actually was Yapstam versus. Uh, it was Yapstam. Okay. Wasn't it? Okay. I mean, yeah, that was the Jensen Olympico game. Yes. So yes, okay. I, I guess we're uh, <laughs> dredging up these memories now, but still, okay. no, I mean, regardless, I think that's a pretty uh, interesting follicle, follicle fact, factoid. <laughs> um, <laughs> may, 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 we may make this a recurring series, but I think that may be uh, kind of crimping on OEMs a bit, bit too much. So we'll leave the bald facts for uh, the pros and leave uh, the hot takes to us, I guess. I don't know. Um, I think that does about do it. If anybody else has some closing comments they want to add, um, anyone, make say your piece now or be forever, um, or forever. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how that. Uh, I want to. I want to. I want to see tears on TV tomorrow. <laughs> someone, someone that plays for Toronto Football Club has to show tears because of how bad they get beat. It has to be that Dwayne Rollins guy, dude. <laughs> He's who's who's not, who, as we know, is still not mad. He's still not mad about the shield at all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stay stay posting about it. Nothing says I don't care more than like posting endlessly about something, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> fucking weird people, man. It's like anyway. Um, let's not let's not bring these people into our universe too much 
Uh, Juan Fernando, thanks for your time. Always great talking to you guys, as always. Um, and for the rest of us, I guess we'll see you all Saturday afternoon. It's going to be another 1 a.m. kickoff for me. So um, in the state I'm in, I may pass out at like halftime. So uh, hopefully it's not a case like it was uh, in Orlando where I boarded the plane for Tokyo and then came back down to realize that we lost 1-0 on like the most shithouse goal in 2020. Less of that, please. Thanks. Um being said, <sighs> thanks again, gents. <laughs> Try not to get too depressed about uh, your fan TV. We're saying, hopefully, we were once Armus out, but hopefully with the result this weekend, we will become Armus in, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Metro fan TV saying peace, good night, and salamat hari raya. Good night. Later. <laughs>